0: Welcome to Leading Lights, you're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So let's talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit today and why don't you turn with me to Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1. Now Jesus spoke of two different experiences with the Holy Spirit. First of all, a well-known verse in John chapter 3, verse 3, verse 5 and verse 6, Jesus said Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He continued, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So the first experience Jesus spoke about concerning the Holy Spirit that is available for all of us as believers is to be born again. To be born of the Spirit. Now the result is the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. And every born-again born believer has the Holy Spirit as their guide, as their helper, as their standby, as their counselor who wants to lead them and guide them. Wants to open up the Word of God to them. And we begin to see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And uh, we experience His peace. We experience His love. We experience His joy. And for me, I think we've uh, one thing that I, I would say has happened as a result of encountering uh, God through Jesus Christ, and His Spirit dwelling in me is is purpose for my life. My life has changed completely, and that's wonderful. And if you've never experienced that before, you can, and you should. It's a wonderful thing to have a friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ to make Him your Lord and your Savior. But I want to say today that there is more, there is more, and the more is what Jesus described as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need to be clothed with power from on high for us to be able to live the Christian life, to be used by God as His ambassadors to make a difference in the world in which we live. For us to be a source of life and love and light, to bring healing and hope to people in the world in which we live. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now Jesus was spending time with his disciples between his resurrection and his ascension and he was preparing them for the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit would come and the church would be burst in power where the church grew from 120 timid believers to burst forth onto the scene as a church of 3,000 people that just began to multiply and then in a generation Started to affect the whole known world it said of the believers in Acts chapter 17 those who've turned the world upside down have come here also And what causes people who are timid to become? World-changing believers the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit now in Acts. We see uh, Luke writing on behalf of someone called Theopolis and, uh, and he starts Acts chapter 1, verse 1, and he says, And in my former book, Theopolis, he, uh, he starts to talk about what Jesus began to do and teach. And then he, in the book of Acts, he starts to unfold what, the, what God wants to do through his, his church as believers. Now, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, as Luke recorded it in the Gospel of Luke, He says that Jesus said, behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city, Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. And God wants to take this cloak of his power and he wants to place it upon us as believers so that he can send us out to make a difference in the world for him. He wants to fill us with his spirit. He wants to baptize us in his spirit, immerse us in his spirit, fill us to the brim with his spirit so that he can send us out with power. And I love the way in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and in Acts it's had and in Luke chapter 24 verse 49, he uses this phrase, the promise. God has a promise for us. His promise is that I'll never leave you or forsake you, but I will be with you always until the end of the age. Now, where is Jesus now? The Bible says Jesus is at the right hand of the throne of God. But he sent his Holy Spirit to come dwell in us and empower us to go out and make a difference for him in the world in which we live. That promise is available for us today. Now, what's the purpose of the baptism and the Holy Spirit? Well, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it tells us, and Greg quoted this verse earlier. It says in Acts 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us to receive power to be a witness for Jesus. Now it's interesting that word power is, is uh, derived from the Greek word dunamis, which means dynamite power. God wants to put his dynamite in us. He wants to fill us with his power so that we can go out in his power and turn the world upside down, affect the world in which we live. And God wants to send us as his ambassadors, in his power, to make a difference. I love the way it says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's not, it doesn't say this, it doesn't say you'll be my my witnesses in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the ends of the earth. He's saying what you need to do is you need to be a witness here and there at the same time. And now, humanly, that is kind of impossible. Even with all the technology that we have available to us. Because we begin to recognize that we can't do this in our own strength. We need His strength. How are we going to do all that God has called us to do? Someone once said that if the vision that God has given you doesn't scare you and doesn't challenge you to the core, then it possibly is not from God. God wants us to believe Him for the things that are impossible. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask, all we think, and all we can imagine. He wants to fill us with his power, and he wants to send us out. Then we see in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 through to verse 4, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, which was 50 days after Jesus had risen from the dead, it says the Holy Spirit came. And it describes it like this. They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house in which they were sitting. And tongues of fire appeared and rested upon each of them. And in verse 4 it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, and He came in power. And the evidence was that they began to speak in other tongues. Now, I believe that that is the primary evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that we receive this wonderful gift of being able to pray in a In the Spirit to be able to pray according to God's will and I'll unpack that for us a little bit later in my talk today as we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the benefit of praying in other tongues they were filled with the Holy Spirit and what happened Peter who was a uh, a timid believer at that point who, like we heard earlier during our time of worship, was, uh, was in many ways a smoldering wick, suddenly was filled with God's power. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times in front of a servant girl, stood up with power and authority and confidence, and he spoke in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says the people cried out, What shall we do to be saved? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Repent, turn from sin, follow Jesus. And 3,000 people were added to the church. What changed? What caused Peter, who wanted to give up, who wanted to just go fishing, who said, I've had enough, I'm throwing in the towel. What caused that Peter to become a bold, confident leader? What caused that Peter to become a person who walked down the street and when his shadow touched people, they stood up healed? That's incredible. You know, you've got to make sure you're on the sunny side of the street when Peter comes walking by. So that that shadow touches you and you stand up healed. That same Peter was used so powerfully by God. He was a transformed man. And the reason he was transformed is because he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, clothed with power from on high. Now, for us to think that through our human effort, through our planning and our strategy, through our advertising, that we're going to turn the world upside down for Jesus is foolish. We cannot do it in our own human strength. Now, we need to do what we can. We need to invite people. We need to do things with excellence. We need to use the technology God has given to us. But we need to be filled with His Spirit. Without Him, we cannot do it. He was transformed. Now, this promise was not just for the early church or the church in the early days. This promise was not just to kick-start the church. But it's a promise that's available for us in our generation. Why don't we have a look at Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to look at Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and 39. Again, we see this phrase, the promise. I'm going to start in Acts 2 verse 38 and 39. It says, and Peter said to them, this is when they cried out, what shall we do to be saved? I want to know. I want what you have. Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, For the promise is for you. He was talking to his audience. The promise is for that audience. And then he said, And the promise is for your children, the next generation. And then he includes you and I. And he says, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God will call to himself. When he gave that promise, he was looking at you, Stephen. Huh? He was looking at you, Andrew. And he said, this is a promise for you. I've got a special gift for you. And that same promise, that same command, that same gift is available today. Where he said, don't go and start trying to do this in your own strength. Don't try and live the Christian life in your own strength. You need power from on high. You've got all the potential. I've put all the gifts in you. But unless you're plugged into the power, the lights aren't going to come on. The fan isn't going to start doing go, going. The, the noise isn't going to come out. The, the, you can have all the potential, but you need to be plugged into the power. And he wants to plug us into the power. And that power is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The promises for all who are afar off, everyone whom the Lord our God will call. Now, I just want to show you from the book of Acts. There's actually six times... In in the New Testament where we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with every single one of those we see uh, tongues Included either in the passage or in something referring to that passage, but we're just going to look at two others Let's have a look at nine years after the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 10 and in Acts chapter 10 verse 44 to verse 46 Acts 10 verse 44 to verse 46 we see Peter, going to minister to the first Gentile believers, Cornelius and his household. And it says in verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, while he was speaking God's word, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, those who were the Jewish believers, who had come with Peter were amazed because... The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And how did they know this had happened? Well, in verse 46 it says, For they heard them speaking in tongues, exalting God, and then Peter declared, We better get you guys baptized. We better include you in God's family. Now, this was nine years after the day of Pentecost. Nine years later, believers were still experiencing the power of God, The baptism in the Holy Spirit, and it was evidenced by them praying in other tongues. It's available for all whom the Lord our God will call, even those who are afar off. Turn with me now to Acts chapter 19. Now, Acts chapter 19 is um, 25 years after the day of Pentecost. Sometimes we read the book of Acts and we think it's all going to happen in like so quickly. And Why is it not happening today? Well, I want to tell you something. For someone who comes to Lighthouse Church on a regular basis, every time I come, I see this church growing in wisdom, in authority, in, in number, in influence, in, in spiritual depth. Every time I've come, I've seen the Mathesons children and the Donald, Don, Donaldson's children grow. I've even seen Matt's hair grow in recent, since my recent visit. Musicians have to look wild, don't they? Hey, absolutely, it's part of the, part of the deal. But, uh, but you know, our, we've seen these children grow. Now their parents don't recognize them growing every single day, but when you're away for a while, then you come back, you see that they've grown. And I want to say that God is at work in this church. And so often we say, Lord, we want you to do more. But sometimes we've got to take a step back and have a look at all that God has done for us. And that's what the book of Acts is. The book of Acts is is Luke trying to write down an account of Peter's ministry and Paul's ministry. And the interesting thing is it doesn't end in Acts chapter 28. It continues. And I believe it's tracking your ministry, Greg, too. And it's tracking what God is doing through this local church. I think it's pretty awesome. It really is. It really is. In Acts chapter 19, and it says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Now, if you know anything about the New Testament, you'll know that Ephesus was a key church. A church, they say, of thousands of people. But it only started with 12 people. 12 men in all, we see in this passage. 12 men who got filled with the Holy Spirit became the catalyst for God to do something incredible and uh, you know I'm not sure how it's going to work but those who go with Adam and Kuda across to the new venue and those who stay here in each of those congregations it doesn't matter how big or small you are it's who you have with you that counts clothed with power from on high you can change the destiny of many people and these 12 people changed the destiny of that city of Ephesus It says in verse 1, at the end of verse 1, it says, there they found some disciples. So these were believers. These were believers in Christ, 12 men. 12 men who were believers in Jesus. And then Paul says to them in verse 2, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, isn't it interesting that you go through most of the church and if you were to include the church, all who've been called out in the name of Jesus. You would know that there are many churches that have an emphasis on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. That's true. And there's nothing wrong with the Holy Bible. But I want to say that the Bible is God's word that points us to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In other churches, you'll see an emphasis on the Father the Son, and the Holy Mother. But actually in the Bible, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now I know we're talking about an experience with the Holy Spirit, but we have to understand the Holy Spirit is not an experience. The Holy Spirit is a person. When Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, He didn't refer to it as it or as an experience, but as a person. A person that we can have fellowship with. You know the grace, Second Corinthians 13 verse 14 which says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all That's what he wants us to experience You see when we come to the Father, what do we get? We get love when we come to Jesus What do we get? We get grace when we come to the Holy Spirit? What do we get? We get fellowship. It's the Holy Spirit who includes us and it's the Holy Spirit who doesn't just include us in the family of God, but he also includes us in the army of God it's kind of like you, you are transformed when you come and you, you say, how does it work in that, uh, that guy, What's his, uh, like the Transformers, or those, those guys, and there's that Iron Man where he puts out his hands, how does it work, and he says, suit or something. And the suit just comes and clothes him with power from an iron, off he shoots, Poof. You know, we have this wonderful privilege of just being ordinary people used by God to pray for the sick, to share the gospel with people, and He clothes us with this incredible power, and all of a sudden, push we're off, and we're being used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gateway, the doorway into that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. He begins to stir up these gifts in us, and He begins to use us. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. Of wickedness and darkness, we understand that people's needs are not just physical needs, but they spiritual needs. And if we meet spiritual needs, then we change people's uh, sp- people's spirit, soul, and body. If we plant a church in a place, the whole the whole economics of that place begins to improve and grow. Isn't it interesting? If they put a casino in a place, everything goes downhill, because it's all about me now, what I can get. If you put a, if you're the casino manager, I'm sorry to offend you, okay? But if, you, if you're planting a church in a place and it's all about Jesus, others in eternity, the whole place begins to blossom Amen. and grow because you're planting life. You're planting the Holy Spirit in that place. Now, if we go down to verse 6 of Acts chapter 19, it says, And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues. And prophesying how do we know that they received the Holy Spirit they spoke in tongues we see three examples right there and uh, those twelve men changed the world changed their life world and one of the, the most amazing books of theology we have is the book of Ephesians now there's no special formula in receiving in Acts chapter 2 they were waiting They waited and the Holy Spirit came. In Acts chapter 10, they were hearing God's word preached and the Holy Spirit fell. In Acts chapter 19, Paul laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. There's no one formula. There's no one way. There's no one size fits all. I want to say that God wants to take us to another level. Have you ever got one of those caps, and the caps have got this cap, you know, like a baseball cap, and it's got a thing on the back, and it's got a label inside that says, one size fits all. Now, if you've got a small head like mine, and you put it on, it kind of looks too big. If you've got a big head like somebody else, and you put it on, and it it looks too small, one size fits all. I want to say the Holy Spirit is not one size fits all. The Holy Spirit wants to... He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to draw you in. He wants to clothe you with power from on high. And your suit may be different to somebody else's suit. He may use you in different ways. But if we all are filled with the Holy Spirit, we can change the world for Jesus. Jesus said this. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. You know that verse? Well, it's in Luke chapter... 11 verse 9 through to verse 13 verse 9 and 10 says I tell you ask and it will be given to you seek and you'll find knock and it'll be open to you for everyone who asks receive the one who seeks finds the one who knocks it will be opened and then in verse 13 he says if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him Now, we're doing a course in our church called the Bible Course, and, and one takeaway that I took from that course is this guy explains that if you take a text out of its context, all you're left with is a con. It's true, eh? And we have to understand this ask and receive, seek and find, knock is not necessarily in relation to praying for other things. It's about receiving the Holy Spirit. And I've seen this that for some people when they've come to receive the promise that's a gift that we need to receive for some people they ask and they receive just like that there's some people who almost like lightning rods I have a friend his name is Simon he was at university and uh, he went to a prayer meeting he was not a Christian he was into drugs and I think he arrived at the prayer meeting a little bit high and he encountered the most high he saw somebody praying in tongues and he said, I want what you've got. They prayed for him and he was filled with the Holy Spirit with such power that he said the influence of demonic spirits over his life went. And he, he prayed aloud, almost shouting in tongues. And it was kind of his testimony, he kind of went to heaven and back in an instant. Now for many people, they listen to that and they say, I didn't experience that. Or they expect that that's the one-size-fits-all for them and they become discouraged. Some ask and they receive. Others seek and they find. David was a farmer. These are true people by name. David is a farmer and he, uh, he is married to Megan. They went to their local church. Someone spoke in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They laid hands on Megan and she was filled with the Spirit and began to speak in tongues. And was enjoying this wonderful gift from God. Dave, who, uh, who became a little frustrated about this, and uh, when I contacted him yesterday to just confirm details of the story, he said I, he thought he was God's favorite, not Megan. He couldn't understand why he didn't receive it. And, uh, and so he every time he went out, they had a service, and they prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or praying in tongues, or being filled with the Spirit. He went out to be prayed for, but he never got a breakthrough. And over a period of time, he was seeking God. One day he was driving, riding his motorbike on the farm in a north westerly direction at 40 kilometers an hour and he said as he was riding his motorbike worshipping God all of a sudden he realized that he was now worshipping in tongues he had been seeking for about 6 months he said he pulled over he prayed for a bit, cried a bit got back on the bike, went back to Megan and said look I can pray in tongues He sought and he found Elizabeth, a friend who was prayed for 15, No, I think it was 25 years ago, 25 years ago was prayed for. And she felt God's presence and when she started to pray in tongues she had three words. And when I confirmed details with her yesterday, she told me that she, she only had these three words for the first 10 years. And she would just faithfully pray those three words. She was knocking. She wanted more, but she would faithfully pray. And she said she took encouraged because one of the words sounded something like what Jesus said on the cross.) <laughs> and uh, now she has a complete breakthrough, and she can pray in tongues. And she's an amazing lady. We, we, we have a, a member of the congregation who's been imprisoned, and she writes to him. She writes to people in the church and has words for them, words of encouragement. And a lot of that comes out of her just spending time with the Holy Spirit, praying for those people in tongues, and then God releasing gifts that she can give to those people. Isn't it wonderful when people start to find themselves in a place where they start to give God's gifts away? What a wonderful thing, really. And it was all because she had a breakthrough in praying in tongues. What's this tongues all about? You know? It doesn't even make sense to many people. Well, when we study the Bible, we'll see that that tongues is used in three contexts in the Bible. First of all, it's the initial evidence, or the primary evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as I've shown you in Acts 2, Acts 10, and Acts 19. The second way we see tongues in the Bible is the gift of tongues, which is a public gift, followed by the interpretation of tongues. And it's like a prophecy. And uh, it's it's not that some are given the gift of tongues and others are given the gift of healing. No, you're given the Holy Spirit, who can use all of us as He wills, when we baptize in the Holy Spirit, in all nine gifts. What do you need now? Out it comes. It's kind of like James Bond, a spiritual James Bond. You have all the special stuff when you need it. huh? Wonderful. So it's the gift of tongues. And God can use us in miracles and healings and and prophecy. And He can use us in the gift of faith and word of wisdom and word of knowledge. and All these wonderful gifts begin to flow in our lives and then the third context we see tongues used in the New Testament is a supernatural prayer language and there's two basic benefits the first is it tells us in Jude and in 1st Corinthians chapter 14 that when we pray in tongues we build ourselves up and keep ourselves in God's love and I have found that when I'm feeling a bit drained or I prepare myself for something as I was walking here today to The St. James Center I was praying in tongues often before I preach. I'll, I'll find a quiet place And I'll just go and sit there for a while and I'll pray in tongues stirring myself up stirring up that gift stirring up God's love and uh, And it's a wonderful thing because it builds me up It strengthens me it builds up the, 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 the kind of the, the it's like uh, The word it edifies you so it's like charging your battery our, our son was given a, somebody's old car recently. Someone was blessed with a new car. Uh, a lady, older lady in the church was blessed with a new car. So she wanted to give away her car. Our son needed a, a car and uh, she gave it to him. And uh, the only problem with the car was the battery was flat. I tried to start the car and it was... Mm, 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 mm. But when I put a new battery in, which was fully charged, the car started straight away. Do you ever feel like you need a, you need a recharging? will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, it's not a one-off thing being filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, after ministering and giving out and giving out and giving out, and they were accused of various things, the believers got together and they prayed. Like you're going to pray this afternoon in Jersey with other churches. They prayed together and the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and went out and spoke God's word boldly. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, And be being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the continual present tense, we, we, it's not a one-off experience. There's a one-off being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there needs to be a constantly top-up in our lives. And that's what he wants to do this weekend. He wants to top people up and release people into new things. And then the second wonderful benefit of praying in tongues is the Bible says we can pray according to God's will, even when we are unsure how we ought to pray. The verses for that are First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse two and verse fourteen, and Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-six and twenty-seven, which says that when we pray, we pray, um, we we pray and we intercede, and the Holy Spirit begins to pray through us. And you know, there's situations that I'm not sure how to pray. We we had a, a little guy in our church who was kind of prone to accidents. And uh, he went and did a trampoline class. You can imagine what happened, eh? Concrete floor, trampoline. He tried to do a bit of a somersault, and what happened? Landed on the floor. Landed on the back of his head. Passed out. Rushed into hospital. I got a phone call from desperate parents. Could we please come and pray? And uh, we walked into the emergency room at the hospital. He was on the bed. Not doing so well. Dazed. So, we didn't know how to pray. I wasn't sure how to pray. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, I should pray that this happens and that happens. I don't know all the detail, but we went in, two of us, and uh, we, we... Well, the guy I was with laid his hand on his forehead like this. And I thought he was going to get kicked out of the hospital, to be honest with you. Because we walked in, you know, the doctor was there. We said, can we pray? They said, yes. And all I did is I just started to pray in tongues. This other guy laid his hand on, on, his, on him like this. Within an hour, that little fellow was sitting up, completely alert, and there was no damage, no bruising. Incredible what God can do. It really is. And there's situations that you'll find yourself when you don't know how to pray. How many of us know as parents, there are times when we need to just call on God for our children, we say, I don't, I'm beside myself, I don't know how else to pray. I don't know what else to do. We face situations at work or in our community and we say, what are we going to do? Well, we have this wonderful, wonderful gift. And what is actually happening is God is giving you His power to be able to pray according to His will. Not limited to our understanding or our spirituality, but He begins to intercede through us. And He begins to change situations. Now, this is a promise that's available to each and every single one of us. He wants you to receive power from on high. He wants to use us powerfully to impact people for the King and the Kingdom. Now, I know I've spoken for a long time, and, uh, but let me wrap this up. And then I think we want to pray for some people for healing. and. Um, and we're going to call out a few things that we feel led by the Spirit to pray for. But if, that, if the condition you've come with is not listed in those things, don't, don't hold back. Come up for prayer, because we would love to pray with you. We really would. So first of all, if you've ne- never experienced peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you've not been born again, you haven't received His Holy Spirit, that has caused your life to be reborn by the Spirit and experience His peace and His joy and purpose in life and, uh, and the fruit of the Spirit and know that you're not alone. He's with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying and He sent His Spirit to dwell in your heart. If you've never experienced that, you can today. And we'd love to pray with you. If that's you, I want to ask you to surrender to Jesus as Lord. If you are a believer and you say there's more, and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we would love to pray for you to receive that today. The Bible says it's a gift, it's a promise. We need to receive it. Now, some people may be prayed for today, and will receive it today. Others may need to seek for a while. Others may need to knock for a while. But I want to tell you, it's a gift that's available for you. Huh? Huh? God uses each of us individually and differently and he wants you to walk into this. He doesn't have favorites like David thought concerning Megan and himself. You don't have to ride on a motorbike at a certain direction and a certain speed to receive. God wants to do things with us individually and uniquely. You can experience that today. We'd love to pray for you. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to pray a general prayer and uh, some people maybe just where you're sitting you'll receive other people have received while they're in the shower driving the car or, or just in their own time of prayer whatever it is for you i believe that you'll receive it i really do let's pray lord i thank you for each and every person here today and thank you that you want to send us out into the world to be your representatives but you gave us this command not this suggestion this command to wait until we receive power from on high. And we recognize that we cannot do this in our own strength. We cannot live the Christian life in our own strength. We need your power. We need your authority. We need your gifts. We need your tools. We need need you to be able to pray in us and through us in Jesus' name. And we recognize today that 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 starts by being baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I pray for every person today who wants to be filled with the Spirit. And I ask, Lord, that you would do amazing things. If anyone's watching today by video, I ask, Lord, that right where they are, that you would begin to fill them with your Spirit now. And just where you are right now as you receive, I want to invite you. Just, uh, just you'll begin to just feel like, a, like you'll begin to feel God's presence. And I can sense His presence right now. Fill this place with your presence, please, Lord. Thank you for your presence right now, and then for right where you are. You'll begin to just feel maybe some words will come into your, your mind, and just begin to speak them out of your mouth. They won't make sense to you, they might sound a bit odd, but the Holy Spirit wants to begin to pray through you. And Lord, I ask that you'd fill people with your power and your presence in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord for your presence right now in Jesus precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.